Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Fistle Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know, our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires like the highly consumer-rated Yokohama Avid Ascend LX. But did you know they sell other automotive products, wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few? Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, live and direct from the beautiful, warm, sunny city of angels. Welcome in on Fox Sports Radio, XM Sirius Satellite Radio, iHeart app, all of our... um, Fox Sports Radio affiliates and broadcasting right now live on the Doug Gottlieb show. Uh, it's not an app. It's the uh, fan page. Uh, welcome in. What a weird week in sports it's kind of been, right? It's like the calm before the storm and calm before several storms. Calm before the storm for the NBA draft as the draft lottery produced. Kind of as predicted, the Celtics continued to not mortgage their present for their future as their future holds a number one overall pick in the upcoming NBA draft. I guess the big news is that the Lakers did secure a top three pick, number two, which this the storm will be if and when they select Lonzo Ball. We we asked Luke Walton, the head coach of the Lakers, about Lonzo and about where they are. You can download that if you listen to the uh, Doug Gottlieb Show podcast, iTunes, Doug Gottlieb Show fan page, Twitter. We will blast that stuff out if you haven't already received it. So, uh, look, there's a ton of of interesting stuff to come in the NBA. The draft is going to be interesting. The NBA Finals is interesting, even though the Western Conference Finals and Eastern Conference Finals appear to be complete and total mismatches. 
Uh, one, because of personnel, and two, because of injuries to the Spurs, and three, because it's just a mismatch with the Celtics. So this is a weird week. It's like Yankees are good in baseball, but we think they'll eventually level off unless they add pitching. Cubs are very average right now, but we assume at some point they'll wake up and start. So there's not a lot there there. Bryce Harper putting up sick numbers. We'll talk about the potential for his next contract later on the show. I guess the biggest news is that Colin Kaepernick is still unsigned. And I guess I'm supposed to be just appalled by the NFL. But if you're going to make the argument that he should have been signed by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers instead of Ryan Fitzpatrick, pretty much everybody with the brain is going to disagree with you. Right? Like, I'm not sitting here to say Fitz Magic, what you saw two years ago is real and that he's a better quarterback at his best at this point at 34 years old than what Kaepernick might be able to give us. But I pointed out to you that Colin Kaepernick was really good in the NFL three years ago. Right, Four years ago, he was awesome. The league had started to figure him out. He had uh, hand surgery, shoulder surgery, knee surgery. He's not the same as he used to be. Then he was vegan, lost weight, in addition to the fact he was a pain in the ass before he started protesting, which, whatever you think of his protest, like, look, if you run an NFL franchise, that becomes a pain in the ass, too. Between dealing with sponsorships and and people being offended, and just the idea that the focus of the locker room becomes on him. And so when you factor all that in, then you weigh it against Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like the, the problem becomes so many of us think, like, one guy versus one guy, who's better? And that's not the way it works. Um, it, it just isn't. It's sometimes about fit, sometimes about timing, sometimes about position. I'll give you an example in radio. I host a solo radio show. I've done a two-person show. When you do a two-person show, there's first chair, there's second chair. Not everybody is good at first and second chair. Matter of fact, many people aren't good at second chair if they're used to driving a show. That's first chair. If you've hosted your own show, there's a complete reworking of your brain that comes to working in a two-guy show. Ryan Fitzpatrick is the most accomplished pure backup in the NFL. Is there a ceiling? Absolutely. Buffalo learned of that ceiling. Houston learned of that ceiling. The Jets learned of that ceiling. Hell, Cincinnati learned of that ceiling. That guy's got a lot of stamps on his NFL passport. But all of that is great data for Jameis Winston. Because when you're a backup quarterback in the NFL, there's really only two two types of player who is a backup in the in the NFL. There's the Ryan Fitzpatrick, right, who's the consummate backup, really smart, well-traveled, but no one no one really wants to see him on the field. Right? Your season is the worst for it if he's on the field, but you feel like ah he could just get us get us to the finish line. He's fine. He doesn't whether he wants to be the starter, everybody wants to be the starter. But the truth is, at this point in his career, he understands his days of starting are likely behind him unless injury thrusts him in that starting role. And then you have the young pup. You either have the old head or the super young pup that's simply trying to accrue data and time on the practice squad and time learning from the starter. 
those are the two guys. The guy who wants to be the starter, who's probably good enough to start in a couple teams, that's a really, and he's kind of a unique, specific fit, being an athletic quarterback who's better out of the pocket than he is in the pocket. Like That type of unique fit is really, really hard. It's not who's better. It just isn't. I, I wish I could tell you that people who get job opportunities, it's solely about who's better. That's not the way the world works. It's just not. The way the world works, sometimes it's a popularity contest. Okay? A lot of times it's timing. Almost always it's fit. And at the end of the day, it's almost always about the money. Right? Fitzpatrick as a backup made $12 million last year. This was probably the best possible opportunity. Whereas Kaepernick, it's been reported he wants high-level backup money. The Seattle thing makes sense because there's part of what he does that is similar to Russell Wilson. So that if Wilson, God forbid for Seahawks fans, ever got hurt, he could go back there kind of like Russell Wilson, maybe run around and make a play the way Wilson does on third downs when that offensive line is putrid the way it was much of last year. You know, and Russell Wilson's a bona fide starter. I mean, look, God wants Russell Wilson to win. Don't believe me? Ask him. He's got that magic water working, stuff working for him. No one is coming in and supplanting Russell Wilson. There is no uprising for Russell Wilson. There's no uprising uh, in Tampa either for Jameis Winston. But what he needs in his ear is somebody who's seen everything, every defense. And I'm not sure if you're aware, this has not been reported everywhere, but Ryan Fitzpatrick went to Harvard. I know. I know you're like, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, he went to went to Harvard. But, like, look, he's been everybody's backup. Right? He was Carson Palmer's backup. He was Schaub's backup. He was brought in to have this exact same role with uh, Geno Smith before Geno Smith got knocked out because he didn't want to reimburse IK uh, and Impale last year, uh, going back a year and a half ago, right? Like, he has been brought into this role before. It's about timing. It's about fit. It's about who you are, where you are in your career. Colin Kaepernick doesn't know who he is. And even though Fitzpatrick tried to get paid last year, I think everybody knows this fits who Fitz has always been in the league. It is as smart a pickup for a, as a backup. Like, this reminds me of the D'Angelo Williams pickup by the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? Like, like, wow, that was a – and, you know, when you don't have your starting running back, D'Angelo Williams in a pinch was a tremendous starter. Like, that's who Fitzpatrick is. He's played this role before. So you can say it's about race or you can say it's about protest. You could say it's about being blackballed. And maybe there's a factor of all of those things. But the biggest factor is, like, if I told you Ryan Fitzpatrick was signed to be a backup quarterback, forget about Colin Kaepernick, you're like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Right? He's 34 years old. He doesn't have an option to be a starter. He already made a lot of money, and this just keep the, keeps the checks coming in, and hopefully he can be a good guide for Jameis Winston as he continues to evolve into potentially being the quarterback that everybody thinks he could be. I, I actually think it makes a whole hell of a lot of sense. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Tony Gonzalez is going to join us. I'm not sure how many of you guys are aware, but uh, Tony was my AAU teammate uh, going back to high school days. And we played together in the summer as well in college in a, in a league called the Sano Classic, 
So, uh, and uh, a couple years ago, he played some pickup ball. He's basically this, he's the exact same guy, the exact same build, uh, the exact same freak athlete competitor he was when he was like 16. The only thing difference now, obviously, is his bank account has grown exponentially. And he's, he's also a beer snob. Like he's traveled the world looking for the world's best beers. And I'm actually, I'm much, I'm okay with the beer snob. Wine snob guy, I got a little bit more of an issue with. Like the fact that you, like when you sit down to dinner and a guy's like, hey, let me take that. I'll order the wine. Like that just shows that your interests are not aligned with mine. I'm not saying I don't like a good glass of wine. Who doesn't like good? But the idea that you can read any wine list and then quote chapter and verse what different wines are and what different years mean and what different vintages are, whatever it is. Like, boy, you you either you must not have kids and have way too much time on your hands. And your interests aren't aligned with mine. Whereas beer snob guy, I'm a I'm a, I'm much more okay with. I don't know why it is. Again, there's still the you had a lot of time on your hands. But there's it's it's a it's easier to relate uh, relate to beer snob guy. Speaking of beer snob, he's a future Hall of Famer. He's the greatest tight end in the history of the sport. He's an FOD. Uh, Tony Gonzalez. Tony, what beer are you on right now? Like, what's your, your what's your current go to? Uh, you mean am I drinking right now? You no, 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 I'm not a, like not, an alcoholic during the day. No, I was explaining to people how you're kind of a beer snob. You're a well traveled <laughs> you're a well traveled searcher of the greatest hops in the world. So I'm just wondering, like. You sit down, and I'm sure it's going to be an annoying order. Like the rest of us, like ah, you know, I could do something Mexican with some Mexican beer. What's your current go-to? Well, my current go-to is obviously Modelo, and because oh, because you're a sponsor from Modelo. That's you right. have a beer sponsor from Modelo. Yeah. That's a nice little plug. I don't know if you meant to do that, but I, I didn't. I, I honestly they're paying for, me. They I, are paying me some money to say that, but I would say that anyway because that that's a it's a great beer. Um, okay, are you okay with me <laughs> liking a Modelo-based Michelada? Yes, you, you like that or no? I love it. I just, I don't know, like, like you're kind of, like, you're an action star now. Like, you, 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 you like, you just give off these hormones. You're more of a man than I am. I just want to make sure, like, I understand I'm a good Modelo Special guy, but I actually like a Michelada, and I just don't know, like, is, that's not a, that's not a beerita, right? This is, that's still kind of a guy drink, isn't it? Is Michel, am I okay drinking a Michelada? You can drink a michelada, especially in the Actually, it, that makes you uh, – now, that makes you really cool. If you can have one of those on a Sunday morning with a brunch on a Monday morning, that, that's, that's something that I think comes off as, as, as uh, classic. Uh, a guy who's in the know because you don't see it that often. And, you know, you're like a hipster when you do stuff like that. Pretty cool. Awesome. Good. I've I become a hipster. Uh, you live in L.A. You're more of a hipster. He's Tony Gonzalez, newest member of our Fox family. Good to have you back on the best coast. Um, okay, so I I look at Ryan Fitzpatrick signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a guy who's been a lifer as a backup and occasionally a starter, occasionally successful, and I'm like, that makes sense. You've got a young quarterback who needs somebody to call on, who's seen every defense, seen every offense. He kind of he knows he's a, a great guide. Like I know there's this uproar that Kaepernick hasn't been signed, but the Fitzpatrick one makes total sense to me. Does it make sense to you? Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, he's got like you just said right there, Doug. He, he's he's been around. Uh, he he knows exactly what this game is about. He's been in one of the most pressure situations ever, coming from New York. Uh, I think it's a great move by them because if you look around too, and you look at the, the the quarterbacks that have come into this league, 
Uh, I did an analysis last year on it, uh, and you'd be surprised that the quarterbacks that actually come into this league, the young ones, and the ones that have success, they always have a veteran quarterback in that room with them. They got to have that guy. Dak Prescott, he had a veteran quarterback room, not just Tony Romo. I, I think it was Wade Wilson uh, in there. Uh, uh, Jason Garrett. Him up to, J- Jason Garrett, too. You got to have these type of guys in the room with you. Last year, Matt Ryan had his best, career, uh, best uh, career, had a career year, and Matt Schaub was in that room with him. You know, he had a nice veteran guy, a guy who started, has some starting experience, who's seen it all before. Jameis Winston now is going to be surrounded by a guy, uh, not just his quarterback coach, but a guy who's been around for a long time, who knows this position. It, it's going to it's going to do wonders for him. Um, your your beautiful wife, wife October is um, look. She's she's in the media. She's on TV shows. She's kind of everywhere, and she's not shy about her opinions. Is she allowed to sh- to share whether or not you had concussions without telling anybody? Um, real quick, before we get to that, did did you hear the latest with my wife? No. Did you, do you know what she's up to right now? No. I'm going to plug it because it is a Fox show. Uh, Next Thursday night, it's a show called Beat Shazam, B-E-A-T Shazam. Oh, Beat Shazam. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jamie Foxx's show. Yeah, so uh, October, the lovely October Gonzalez, she's, uh, she's co- uh, kind of on the show with him. She's, uh, I wouldn't say co-host, but she's like the DJ on the show now. So that's exciting for us. But uh, what was your question? <laughs> what, uh, I <laughs> Is wanna... allowed to tell people that I had a concussion? Abs- you know, I don't. Like, like, I, I, like Giselle, like Giselle, I'm like, okay. So Giselle said like, well, we don't talk about it, but he had a concussion last year. He's had a bunch of concussions in the past. It was, I mean, I don't know like that. She's kind of volunteering personal information. I just wonder if October's like, yeah, Hey, Tony, Tony, I play with concussions all the time. They, they, don't, they don't know what they're talking about. Like, is that, is that cool for an NFL player's wife to share that sort of information? Obviously I would, I'd be, I'd be willing to bet a lot of money that, I'm sure there was a conversation had that night when that, when that all hit the fan the other day. I'm sure Tom sat down and said, look, honey, you can't, you can't come out and say stuff like that. That's very sensitive uh, stuff to talk about in the, in the media. But if you take it even a little bit further, yeah, I'd come home sometime and, and uh, Toby would say, how you feeling? I'm like, oh, I took a shot to the head. Uh, it wasn't a concussion. But she, then she can form her opinion off of that and say, hey, well, you know, you probably had a concussion. And maybe I did have a little slight one. This is, this is football. This is, this is how it goes. Uh, it, it, it does, you know, you, you get dinged up every once in a while. But no one's a doctor. Giselle's certainly not a doctor. So we don't even know what, what really, really was going on. But maybe he had symptoms of, of just I'm kind of tired and I got hit in the head. And she's like, oh, you have a concussion. But. Uh, maybe she assumed it, but I'm sure there was a conversation that was had there that, 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 Hey, we don't talk about that. And I'm sure that's not going to be talked about anymore by her. Do you think that that's her basically throwing it out there? Look, I want him to retire. Cause he's talking about now, like I'll play till I'm 45. Is that her <laughs> way of saying like, you got to shut this thing down? Maybe, maybe I could, if, if I were her, I would say that not because I'm a Falcon fan and I wish the Falcons would have won the Super Bowl, but, uh, but uh, I, I, I look at it this way, Doug, if, if, and I said this the other day on Colin Coward. I, I, I just don't understand. I love Tom Brady. He's, he's an unbelievable guy. Obviously going to go down as, as one of the greatest ever to, to put on a pair of shoulder pads. I, I, at this point, if I were him, I just don't see the, the benefit to keep playing. You got five Super Bowl rings. I'm, I, it's not about the money, and it's never been about the money with him. He's all about winning. He's got a, I, I just don't understand what, what keeps him motivated. And because of that, 
uh, I just, he's like a freak of nature mentally to, to have that. Cause it takes so much to play a football season. Every season is like a freaking lifetime. It's like dog years. Uh, where it's like, it, it, it's incredibly hard on your mind and your body and your psyche. And for him to be able to do this and maintain it and still want more. I'm like, this guy is a special, special human being. Tony Gonzalez, Fox NFL analyst, joining us, Doug Gottlieb show, Fox sports radio. Um, speaking of guys that continue to do it, I, you have to help me out with this. I watch Antonio Gates run, and I'm like, I don't get how he's open, how he ke- get, gets the ball still. I, I watch Jason Witten run, and it's almost painful, right? Like, it's no longer a smooth gait because he's played so long. Every other position in the NFL, NFL guys are like, dude, when you can't run, you can't play, right? When Ray Lewis couldn't run anymore, he couldn't play anymore. I, like, the best in the business, once they start, how, 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 what is it about the position of tight end to which you can lose a step but not lose a step of effectiveness? Uh, you know, I think it's, it's all angles, especially because we're, we're operating in the middle of the field. And you see those guys, they're not really going downfield and catching those deep passes like they used to. A lot of their routes are kind of those underneath routes, kind of option routes. You go five to six yards or you go eight to nine yards. You really hardly ever do anything above and beyond that or they're not going to get the ball. And the thing about playing a tight end, first of all, they're big bodies. Both these guys are 260 pounds. Uh, they're both around, you know, six four, six five. So when they go up, what what is absolutely essential for that tight end position, you have to be able to come out of a break, because you got that big body, and as long as you can be quick, I still feel like honestly I could go out there and I could catch fifty, sixty balls still. If you said all I have to do is go five, six yards, turn in, turn out, or run out, because I'm still pretty quick, I can get out of a route, and those guys can. You can take away their speed. But remember, the defender, he can only run as fast as you run anyway. So it doesn't matter. And the team does not expect you to go down the middle anyway. So you've got to be able to run to five, six yards and then come out of that break like, like, like a rubber band. It's got to be extremely quick. And as long as you have that, which can last a long time, you can play in this league because they've got great hands and they've got good quarterbacks. You know, they've got you know, uh, Dak thrown to them, Dak uh, or Tony Romo over the years, and you got Phillip Rivers. Both those – Phillip Rivers is a Hall of Fame type, type caliber player, so he's putting that ball right in that spot where Tony uh, Antonio can get open. All right, last thing um, before we talk about maybe more interesting things like Shazam, which I'm – beat Shazam, which I'm, kind of, I'm into that show. I saw it when I was rolling in the Fox lot. I was like, dude, I think I can beat Shazam. I, I'm really, I got a really good mental Rolodex of, of music. I guess it probably depends upon genre uh, more than anything. But, uh, but let, one more NFL question. You mentioned the Falcons. That was the team you won a playoff game with. You guys nearly went to the Super Bowl. I just – Look, they were young. They were super athletic. They should have won the Super Bowl had they, you know, had they just run. They could have taken a knee up twenty-eight to three and would have won the thing. How hard is that in your in your opinion? How hard is that going to be to get over? Uh, for me, me, I think it's it's heartbreaking. It's it's like it's like having Dayton, the girl of your dreams, Dougie, and you're in love with her, and then she says no, it's over. Uh, and you thought it was you thought it was a sure thing. Uh, I think it's. I, I was actually I was thinking about this this morning, and this is what I'm this is what I'm talking. To put it this way, I wasn't even in the game. I was there at the game, but I wasn't playing. Obviously, I still know Matt. And I have a couple relationships, Julio Jones. I was rooting for him, and I still think about this daily. And it had nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with me. Julio's catch. But, Julio's catch could be the greatest catch in the history of the Super Bowl, and yet no one will ever mention it because they lost ever. the game. Because they lost the game. It was it's devastating. It's one of those things. I don't. You never get over that. 
You, I, you know, I, I was talking to Matt the other day about it, and I was asking him how he feels. He says, yeah, you know, you, you have to look at the positive side of it. But it's one of those things you'll never give over that. You, you can't. How do you get over something like that? You know, you can put it aside and you can say, okay, it's not going to hurt me, my feelings as much as it used to. But there's always going to be a part of you that says, man, I, we had it. It was right there. Ugh. All right, last thing. When, I, I, when, when do I when do I get to come over for the next for the family dinner? Because I, I got I was at one family dinner, and now my family will be at when when well, again, I'll I'll bring. I guess I could bring the Modellas, but I think they're already going to be there, right? Like that's part of the deal where you get like cases upon cases for it. Uh, but yes. you, but you can you're you're an incredible cook. The family makes everybody makes their own thing. When do I get the invite? I mean, now we're back Fox family again. When when can we make this happen? You can, we can make this happen anytime. You come on over, we'll sing some songs. We'll actually, uh, you know, Modelo is obviously my favorite beer, but there's another beer out there. Actually, I'm not even going to mention it. I don't yeah, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Hey, come on, man. Come on, man. The, yeah. the Modelo ad's running. You tell me in person. I know it's an obscure beer. You don't do that. I'll, I'll save I'll save you from yourself. I don't have to hit the dump button. Good enough? <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh, Appreciate it. And, and make sure you check out Shazam, Doug. Like you said, if you if you want, I, obviously I know Toga. I can get you on that show maybe, you know? We'll go in there and make some cash. Wait, you said I can get you on the show, but then you may be. You backpedal a little bit. Can you get me on the new Fox show, Beat Shazam, or can you not get me on the new Fox show? I don't, I don't know if you have the skills, though, because you uh. really you got to be skillful for that. Do you, do you genres? Now, are you in 80s, 90s? What would you do? What, what genre would, if I told you to pick a genre, 70s, 80s, and 90s, what would you pick? Uh, I would crush 80s and 90s. I would crush. You crush. I couldn't. Seventies. Uh, Seventies is a little bit like my. You know, my, you I mean, you played for my dad. So you know, my dad was like an old soul. So like uh, his music was like you know orchestra music and and big band stuff. So that, like he didn't raise me on Rolling Stones and Crosby, Stills and Nash. So there might there's a little bit of a window there. But once you get to like eighties and things that were I, you know I used to listen to Rick D's every day. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'd be, I would, I think I would do quite well. It's, it's really more about memory more than anything else. And I got a pretty good memory. Okay. Well, okay. I'm going to hum a song and let me see how quickly you can get it from okay. the eighties. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Wait, uh, Billy Jean? Huh? Billy Jean? Yeah. That took you like three seconds though. You would have lost. Somebody even knew that song way, way earlier. That well, is Billy Jean also, you're absolutely correct. It, it also, you have to get, you have to start with dun. Dun, dun, dun. That's actually how you would have started. You wouldn't go dun, 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 dun. Because, you know, I, I also I honestly thought for a second it was from the Knight Rider video game. I don't know if you remember the Knight Rider video game. Because that's kind of what it sounded like. Yeah, right. well, it does a little, little dun it, dun it, dun it, dun it, dun it. Anyway, you know the Knight Rider. I do know that's that's Knight Rider. I'm uh, was it Knight Rider? What was the video game? I can't remember. A Spy Hunter. I'm Spy Hunter's Spy name. Hunter. Is Spy Hunter's name of the video game. All right, we'll do this again in person. Uh, we got to find some a pickup ball spot. In the meantime, I like the new goatee. It is good for all your action movies that you're going to star in. As you're the next Rock, you're the next Strahan. We all know that. Good to have you on the team. We appreciate you joining us. Thanks, boy. Appreciate it. Tony right. Gonzalez. That's my Modelo beer hookup. It's really why we had him on. If it's free, it's me, and Tony's going to get me free Modelo. That's that's pretty much how it goes. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Draymond Green does actually agree with me on Clay Thompson's snub of the All-NBA team. Quote, oh, you know what? Here's Draymond talking about it. Yeah, I think it's When you look around team, what we won, 67 games or something like that? And we probably just handed teams three or four. Talking a possible 70 win season. Thinks Clay is one of our top three guys. You know, and to not be on our NBA team, 
I think it's pretty crazy. You know, it's some it's some guys on there that scores averaging 20 points and don't have as near as minor wins as we have. You know, so how he could be left out, I don't really understand it. You know, also the way Clay can defend, I, I don't understand it. But I guess they got to find some way to punish us. I don't, you know, but like he acts like it's like punishing them. Like he probably shouldn't have been, he shouldn't have been on the All NBA team. Like, hey, you know, to put a guy on, we got to take a guy off. Why don't we take you off? And I understand that Draymond Green is a tremendous defensive player. He's the he's in the perfect system. He's the perfect fit. He gives them a little bit of nasty. He gives them a guy who can play multiple positions. He can guard centers. He can shoot some threes. He can do a little bit of everything. But like, is is Draymond Green a better basketball player than Clay Thompson? No. Did he have a better year than Clay Thompson? I don't think so. But apparently, of the 100 writers, more people believed he did. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. For the most part, we have an unbelievable sports radio lineup. And uh, while other networks are breaking up their shows, what are you doing? <laughs> okay. Fine. Uh, we continue to just add power after power after power. And uh, I, I've i been on his show a bunch. I like his show. Uh, I even like his uh, Facebook Live stuff. Uh, but every once in a while, even national guys become local yokel guys. Uh, let's Every day at this time, we try and play you a piece of audio from one of our spectacular partner shows at Fox Sports Radio. We call it What Do the Fox Say? And now. <laughs> what does the Fox say? All right, so... Uh, Clay Travis was on earlier today. He lives in Nashville. He's kind of like the king of Nashville, right? And the Preds, I think they won last night in hockey. Um, I only know this because he tweeted out, not because I watched. So he had this to say about the NHL playoffs in comparison to the NBA playoffs. There is no dispute at all that the NHL playoffs are infinitely better than the NBA playoffs. I don't know how many of you watched last night's Ducks-Preds game, but it was better than just about any NBA playoff game that has happened all season long. In fact, I'm pretty confident that it was, and I'm pretty confident that other than maybe game six of Wizards-Celtics, there hasn't even been a game that was close to as good as this. Um, Yeah, I don't know if that's true. I mean, a game one of Warriors-Spurs, although Kawhi Leonard did get hurt, so that allowed... Golden State, a little bit of a boost. That was a pretty exciting game. And look, he's not wrong. Like Hockey can be more exciting. It just can't make me care more. It just, I, I, I don't know how to explain it to a hockey guy. Like, we don't necessarily hate hockey. We just don't get hockey. And it's really hard to make us try and love hockey when we don't understand it. It's hard to watch on TV. It's try, hard to, like, parachute in. And just go like, oh, this is awesome. Is it close? Sure. Is it competitive? Absolutely. Is it exciting? If you're into that kind of thing. But, you know, when you don't know the big names, you don't really get the sport, we didn't play it growing up, Like you saying, continue to say, like, this is better, this is better, this is better, like, okay, it just doesn't make me care more. And that doesn't make me a bad person for admitting what we all know. I also think it's funny that, like, he went to a Nashville Predators game. He's like, this is the greatest thing ever. Like, NASCAR guy going, like, you have to go. Like, no, I don't. 
Hey, I watched the end of the Daytona 500. It was exciting. I was sitting there next to my son. We're like, hey, you work for Fox. He's like, Dad, you work for Fox. Can we go? I was like, yeah, okay. And I'm sure the end is going to be exciting. The Kentucky Derby is super exciting. Doesn't make me care about horse racing, does it? Is the uh, the Preakness this weekend? It's got to be this weekend, right? Doesn't it? Or is it next weekend? Does anybody have any idea? I mean, honestly, every year there's a super. It's this, it's this weekend, right? Should be an especially fast Preakness, though. And then the Preakness, that makes the Belmont either the biggest race ever or just another race. It all depends. Do you remember the name of the horse that won the Kentucky Derby? It was only two weeks ago. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Everyone likes to think they know how much they're worth. How much are you worth? How much are you worth? You know what you're worth? You're worth what somebody will pay you. And you're worth what somebody will pay you. And I understand that Bryce Harper, his contract is going to be up at the end of uh, 2018. And he's going to be the biggest name in a in a free agent class. And he's got Scott Boris, who's going to write a book that's going to tell us exactly why Bryce Harper has to be the first $500 million man. I understand that. And it's not crazy if you calculate inflation, if you calculate the money that these teams are making, to get him somewhere in that realm uh, in terms of average salary. Now, the, the there's other parts to it that, to me, people aren't discussing. But you've heard it here first. There is no way in hell his next contract will be over $400 million. There is no way in hell it'll be over $500 million. It's just not. And look, if I'm the Washington Nationals... It ain't going to be over $300 million. I'll just Albert Pujols you. I'll offer you a huge, huge contract, but one that is not enough to keep you, but enough to look my uh, to, to look my fans in the eye and say we made a legit push to keep him. Now, unlike Pujols when he signed the big deal, when Bryce Harper comes of age at the end of next year, he'll only be 25 years old. So if he signs a 10-year deal and it tops out at, at, you know, it averages out at 30 million a year and it becomes a three, it's at least the back end of it isn't as bad as Pujols. He's arguably the second best young player in the sport. Mike Trout's the best. The first part to this uh, argument is, is uh, I'll, I'll share with you a story. Okay? The story is this. I own a piano. It's a baby grand piano. I don't know anything about pianos. Okay, I don't know anything. Like my kids, they learn to play the piano when they're very young. My wife knows how to play the piano. I love when one of my children or my wife, they sit down, they start playing. I like just, I don't know feels like a home. Your house feels like a home when somebody's playing a piano or somebody's playing music, especially when they're playing it fairly well. Like I have a daughter who she plays the violin now. She's played some cello. She hasn't taken piano lessons in like six years. And she can sit down and print out music and then play it on a piano. I'm like, wow, I have no musical skill at all. I struggle with how to download music. 
let alone sing or play music. But I love the fact that we have a piano and occasionally it gets used. But buying a piano is a money loser. Like buying a piano is worse than buying a car. Like buy, Everybody says like buying a car is the worst investment because the second you drive it off the lot, the value plummets. It does, but at least you drive that car. You buy a piano, it has very little value in comparison to what you paid for because, one, you rarely use it. Two, it collects a bunch of dust and everybody's wife or significant other hates the dust. Three, it takes up a bunch of space, so you have to have a bigger house in order to have a piano. And four, most importantly, even if you can sell it, you got to move the thing, and nobody wants to move a piano. I love having a piano. So my wife had like a stand-up jobby piano she learned to play when she was a kid. She grew up in a small, outside of a small town in Oklahoma, and it was, it was nice, it was cute, but it wasn't like a real piano. So um, at some point, we started looking on the Internet, and we're looking at pianos and whatever, and, like, everybody starts to think, like, ooh, I'm going to get one of the name brands. And we got a, a decent name brand. So I saw this piano in Boston. And an older couple, and I had a buddy who he sells wholesale art. And he's like, look, I know this piano. It exists. It's really nice. It has this, uh, you put a CD in, and it becomes a player's piano as well, which is kind of cool. And these old people are trying to sell it. They used to have a shop. The shop closed down. They've been trying to sell it privately. It hasn't worked. So I called an older gentleman. He starts telling me about his piano, and I said, how much do you want for it? He's like, well, right now at auction, uh, the reserve is, I don't know, like $5,000, and no one's met the reserve. You bid $5,000, you'll get the piano. I waited for the bidding process to end, and I offered him $3,500 for the piano. His wife picks up the phone. Sonny, you don't know anything about pianos. I said, ma'am, I do not. She said, uh, you don't know anything, but this piano has been tuned. This piano was once the biggest piano maker in, it's not a Steinway, it's the biggest piano maker in North America. North America, this used to be what they play with vaudeville, and it's really worth $15,000, and it's done this, and it's done that, and it's beautiful. It's a beautiful piece of furniture. And I said, I'm not disputing any of that. Okay, But here's the thing. You have two options here. Hold on the piano and wait for a price for something that no one has bid upon. Or you can take my bid, which frankly is, it's, it's, I'm overpaying for it. But I'm willing to pay for it because I included shipping with it. Like, I'll pay, give you 3500 bucks. It's really 2500 bucks. costs a thousand bucks to move it down. I was in Connecticut at the time to move it down. They set it up, all that stuff. It's like, oh, the piano is worth $15,000. And I said, ma'am, sir. Listen, respectfully, the piano is worth what somebody is willing to pay for it. Got the piano for 3500 bucks, right? So Bryce Harper, and look, this is classic Scott Boris, right? $500 million. So if you sign him for $300 million, like, dude, we saved $200 million. Like, no, you didn't. You spent $300 million on one position player. Okay. First thing is, is anybody worth that money? And the answer is no. The answer is no. And here's the logical reason why. Would you guys at least agree with me? I believe Mike Trout is the best player in baseball. I'm also an Angel fan. My son wears 27. I've gotten to know him a little bit. I've been to Angel games. There's a difference. It's just a different vibe when he comes up to the plate. I actually think playing well on a bad team in many ways at the end of a season is harder than playing well on a good team. 
Right? Anybody can show up to work when things are going great and perform at their peak. Can you perform at your peak when the season is over at midseason like it was last year for the Angels? But that aside, can we at least agree with the argument that he's one of the two or three best players in baseball? Is that a fair argument? Were the Angels any good last year? Was Mike Trout any good last year? Mike Trout was the best player in baseball, or one of the top two or three players in baseball last year, and the Angels were terrible. There, if a quarterback has his best career year or is the best quarterback in the NFL, Aaron Rodgers, for example, incredible year last year, made the playoffs, right? Granted, more teams in the playoffs, slightly more, although they've added some in the play-in games in baseball. If a basketball player has is one of the two or three best players in the game, and everybody thinks so, won't they make the playoffs? Won't they be more competitive? Like, look, in baseball, one guy just cannot shift the balance of power that well. But here's the more important thing. He might on paper, in comparison to all the greats of the game, be worth more money, not just because of the position he plays, he hits from the left side of the plate, he's in his prime, Etc. Etc. He's been underpaid because of the collective bargaining agreement where the first four years in baseball, you make a million, you make $2 million. This is the first year he's making $13 million. Next year he makes 22 or something, right? Like all of those things might be true, but you're worth what somebody will pay you. Okay. The angels aren't paying him 300 plus million dollars. They've already done that once. It's not working with Pujols, even if Harper would be a better investment. The Dodgers aren't. They're not going to come out of pocket for one guy to that amount. The Red Sox aren't. Oh, they got Mookie Betts. They got other star players. Like, why would they put all their eggs in one basket? The Cubs already have dudes. They already have to re-sign those guys. They're not. The Yankees have some of the best young players in baseball. Why would they tip the scales and go old school Yankees? They've already said the days of overpaying for one or two guys, like those are over. Baseball now is about how many, the depth of quality arms you can get. Then you have to have an ace or two for the playoffs. You have to have fill out the back end of your bullpen with a ton of arm talent. And then how many young players can you get that are still under club control in that first six years that are everyday players that will eventually be stars and maybe they sign elsewhere? Like, that's what baseball's about. Sprinkle in one free agent here, one free agent there, one free agent here. I'm not even saying, like, you can make the calculation that Bryce Harper, like, you know what? $400 million, baseball teams are making a ton of money because of their regional sports networks, because of 162 games. He's unbelievably productive. Last year, he led the league, even though, uh, uh, right now, last year he had a down year. This year, he's leading the league in OBP. Two years ago, he led the league in OBP and OPS and OPS+. He won the MVP two years ago. He'll be a leader for the, you know, he'll be a leader to be uh, the MVP this year. He's leading the league in runs, and they're in first place. But tell me who's going to pay that money. Like the Mariners paid $250 million for Robbie Cano. He was the best second baseman in baseball. Has it changed them? the, The truth is that Trout is more valuable or... Harper could be more valuable on a really bad franchise because why the hell else would you go to an Angel game other than to see Mike Trout? 
I mean, it's like the opposite. Like he, the only franchises that could pay him that kind of money will be the big name good franchises, but they won't. And and they shouldn't because he doesn't bring. Because the, the two things that bring people to the yard are teams that win, and then at the very bottom, you got to have a star to make me get in my car and drive when I could see every game on TV. Like the quote here from one GM is. Uh, he's twice the player of John Carlos Stanton. Suggested that $400 million is the absolute baseline for the Harper deal. Stanton's current deal is $325 million. Okay, maybe he's twice the, twice the player. But we'd all agree John Carlos Stanton's pretty awesome. If you go back uh, two years ago when John Carlos, remember when he got hit in the face with a baseball? He led the league in every offensive category. Every, he should have been the MVP. It was a joke. Like he missed on like the last 30 games or 40 games. Like who cares? Like he was the best offensive player in, in Major League Baseball. So I would disagree with the he's twice the player. But if we all agree that John Carlos Stanton is awesome and has been awesome and continues to be awesome and is young and yet to maybe even reach his prime, how the Marlins been? Is that money well spent? You're worth what somebody's willing to pay you. Not what you can, not not some imagined value. Just like the piano I bought wasn't worth $15,000. It was worth what I was willing to pay, which frankly was probably too much because I was bidding against myself. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Bye. 
Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.